Welcome to another episode of the Religion Law Podcast, where you learn about religious freedom and other religion law-related topics through a short question-and-answer format. I'm your host, Michael Fielding. Let's see how you do on today's quiz. Welcome to Religion Law Quiz Podcast number 50, part 2, numero 50 parte 2. Now, is as you will recall, uh, Religion Law Quiz number 50 is going to have several different parts, and it is asking the basic question about what can a regular run-of-the-mill person do to protect and defend religious freedom. And I have several different thoughts on this, and what we will be doing in the coming weeks is, uh, for each of these specific thoughts or ideas, we'll do a, a podcast dedicated directly to a particular idea so that over the course of perhaps a few months, we'll come up with a solid set of practical things that uh, a regular person can do. Now, uh, this podcast today is going to be really uh, pretty somber. And I'm going to just say it up front. The, The thing that I think you can do to really help protect and defend religious freedom is simply share how religion helps you. And let me explain what I mean by that. And uh, and I'm going to talk very personally here in, in today's podcast. So when I did part one of Religion Law Quiz number 50, I recorded that on the morning of January 27th, 2024. And I was really excited about the podcast. It's actually one of the longer ones that I've done. And it talked about how uh, you can protect and defend religious freedom by tying your actions to religion. Well, I recorded it that morning. I released it that morning. And then, frankly, I went about the normal day's business. Uh, But then at around, I don't know, maybe about 540 in the afternoon, I get a call from the roommate of my son who said that my son had been involved in a very serious accident out in Utah, that he had been out hiking or taking pictures with friends, that he had fallen off a cliff, that life flight was being called, and that it was a dire situation. Well, I immediately sprang into action. My wife and I were super concerned. We were running around. We obviously live here in Missouri and had very few details at the moment. And we were throwing everything in the car. We were going to drive through the night to get out to where he was. And we had uh, driven to a local gas station, just literally about ready to jump on the freeway and get going. And we received the call that our son, Jonathan, had died. And I'll tell you, that was, that is a very bitter pill, a very bitter memory as I think about where we were, what we heard. It felt so unreal at the moment. It did not seem real at all. And we were just in absolute shock. So we immediately realized we need to get back and be with our kids going out there to wherever his body may be at the moment wasn't the right thing to need to do. We needed to be with our kids. We have uh, five daughters, four of them live here locally, 
and another one lives in California with her husband. And so we jumped in the car, drove back home. And I remember there were quite candidly, I was just feeling really feelings of anger at the, as I drove home. And again, it was this mix of feeling of shock and disbelief. Well, we get home, we give the news to our daughters who are here at home. Obviously, this is coming as a big shock to everybody. I, I called my one daughter who happened to be in St. Louis at the time. And anyway, w- word starts getting out. And as part of that word getting out, we let members of our local congregation, our uh, local ward that we attend, let them know. And then this is where I really, for me personally, I start really feeling the benefits of my faith, the the role that religion plays for me. After word got out, uh, shortly after that, there were some dear friends uh, who came to our house unexpected. They just dropped whatever they were doing and showed up, and they were there to try to comfort and help us. And as part of that process, uh, in as I've indicated in past podcasts, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and we have uh, what we'll call priesthood blessings, which is where uh, someone who holds the priesthood will uh, give you a blessing of comfort and help. And and so my wife and I both received priesthood blessings at the time, and I was experiencing, it was like the grief and the realization was just really slowly beginning to sink in that, yes, this is re- real, that Jonathan has passed away, that he's died. And I remember the words of that priesthood blessing, how it really helped comfort me. Well, after that, I was surprised at how quickly word spread uh, within our local unit, our local congregation. There was just an immediate outpouring of love and support and prayers. And uh, I was grateful for it, but I was in shock. And I remember, you know, we didn't get to bed till about I think one o'clock that morning, and and I didn't fall asleep till probably one thirty. And then I woke up right around three o'clock and then my mind just started racing, thinking about Jonathan and everything and and really uh, thinking on the things of God. And I will tell you, I I wept so deeply and so bitterly for a long time, just with the grief and the loss and everything else. Um we ended up uh, that Sunday, we were able to fly out to Utah. We were with family members. And then the week was a whirlwind. We ended up having a funeral service there in Utah on Tuesday. Uh, we were fortunate to work with a, a very good funeral home, Utah Valley Mortuary. They were absolutely angelic in how they helped us and putting a funeral together in literally two days. Uh, we, they helped us with flying Jonathan's, uh, or flying Jonathan home here to Missouri. We then had a viewing on Friday night and then the funeral here in Independence on Saturday with, with the burial following after that. 
along the way, there was an incredible outpouring of love and support and prayers by a lot of family members, a lot of friends, a lot of people we frankly didn't even know, but who had heard about the story. Uh, Jonathan's story was picked up by quite a few news outlets. If you Google uh, Jonathan Fielding, Moon Overlook uh, Canyon or Moon Overlook, Utah, you'll find stories. It was not just locally, but there were some national outlets that picked up on it as well. And I won't go into all the details about it because they're they're personal. They're very, uh, I'll say, private and special to me. So I don't think this podcast would be the the place to talk about it. But I will, in very general terms, say that through this process, there has been uh, many, or there have been many tender mercies of the Lord poured out upon us, and we have felt His hand, and it has really helped us. And I will say this, that even in the few months leading up to Jonathan's death, uh, I had begun uh, increased service in the church in a unique capacity. And I didn't realize it at the time, but that increased service that I was doing really helped prepare me for this. Again, I didn't realize what I was going through at the time and the preparation that it was, but in hindsight, I can see that that was a tremendous benefit and a blessing to me because of that. Now, you may be listening to this and asking yourself, okay, this is touching. I feel your grief, your pain. I hear it, but How does this relate to religious freedom? And here's the one thought that I've had as I've been going through this process. It's been unique. I've learned a lot of really unique things and had a little notebook. I would just jot down these things I was observing as I was going through this process, things that I was learning. But with respect to religious freedom, uh, if you will recall in Religion Law Quiz number 50, uh, part one, which I released there on the morning of January 27th, I talked about lead indicators versus lag indicators. And a lead indicator is essentially where you are going, and a lag indicator indicates where you have been. And the law is a lag indicator. It is a reflection of what society has valued in the past, what it currently values today. A lead indicator with respect to religion will be indicative of where do we think the law is going to be in 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. And we know from a lot of different surveys that participation in organized religion is definitely declining in the United States. And that declining participation extends to, uh, you know, like, scripture study, the amount, uh, the frequency of it, the frequency of attendance at uh, church services, uh, and so on. And as the role of religion becomes less important in the majority, or I don't know, I don't know how many people's lives you can say it's less important. That's that's probably an overstatement. But as uh, the, the value, excuse me, let's Let's put it this way. As the participation in religion declines in the United States and as people leave religion altogether, 
we should not be surprised that there may be a corresponding decline in the appreciation for the role of religion and also in time given this decline in appreciation for religion what we would anticipate to see is that the laws would begin to be reflective of what society collectively thinks and believes and so if society collectively thinks and believes that religion is not as important you would expect that again over time in the judicial decisions and in the laws that are passed that there would be a lessening of protection for the role of religion or the religious freedoms that we have and so the question then is given this cultural trend what can we do to counteract that and i think the answer one very important but simple answer is to simply share how your faith how your belief in god helps you and the reason that is so important is that while maybe your neighbor doesn't believe in god maybe your neighbor uh, is agnostic or atheist or or maybe believes in god but does not affiliate with any particular religion what your neighbor will see is that when you are going through your difficult times whatever it may be the death of a loved one the loss of a job maybe it's marital problems or you could fill in a whole host of different issues uh, but what your neighbor will see that as you are going through difficult times if you talk about how your faith in god how your belief in god is genuinely helping you get through that what that will do is it helps your neighbor see that even though your may, neighbor may disagree at the end of the day may have differences on doctrinal matters or may have differences just generally about belief in god your neighbor will see that your faith in god your belief in god is very real and that it genuinely helps you and what that does is even though you may have differences of opinion about a particular faith or a particular belief what your neighbor will understand is that religion does help people and that recognition that knowledge that religion does help people helps fortify or strengthen the idea that religion is worth protecting and so again this is a very simple concept but if we would simply talk about how our faith helps us and not do it in a condescending way or not do it in a manner that is preachy but do it in a sincere authentic genuine manner about how your faith in god how your exercise of your faith has helped you that then increases appreciation for the role of religion and that if done on a broad scale would help fortify and protect and defend religious freedom because people across the board regardless of what they believe and what they may think will see that religion is worth defending and protecting all right that does it for today uh, i appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast this one has been a little bit longer Hopefully this has been helpful. I will see you on the next Religion Law Quiz. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Remember, Religion Law Quizzes are for educational purposes only and are not intended to be relied upon as legal advice. 
If you have found this episode to be helpful, please share it and leave a review. Until we meet again, keep being an influence for good.